What a weekend, folks. The thrill of victory on Saturday for your boy. I was undefeated in college football. And then Sunday happened. The agony of defeat. Fortunately, my co-host Andrew Lynch had a monster Sunday. Folks, I'm just going to give you one stat before we dive in. There were 11 NFL games on Monday. The team with the better record won nine of them. What the hell is going on? Let's go. Welcome back, boys and girls, to the Coming Up Winners Podcast. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. A little down in the dumps here on a Monday morning. It was a great slate of NFL games Sunday. I did horribly. Fortunately, my co-host, Andrew Lynch, he was phenomenal. If you follow us on social media, clearly you could see the tale of the weekend. I was awesome on Saturday awful on Sunday. Lynch, not as gleeful and vocal as I am on social media. Tell us how your Sunday was, Andrew. Sunday was great. I, uh, the favorites were great to me. Took, you know, Kansas City as a big favorite. Um, everything kind of paid off except for that Packers money line bet. But, you know, J-Mac had an unfortunate incident last week at the tail end of our Thursday podcast. My poor dog um, got hit by a car. She's okay. She's a little tank. She took that hit and she rolled with it. And that's what we're going to do on this podcast. We lick our wounds. We take our losses and we get back in the win column the next week. Glad to hear your dog is doing uh, great here on a Monday morning. Let's just dive in. What did we learn on this week nine in the NFL. I mean, I could start so many places, Lynch. You know, there's so much happened yesterday. Let's just dive in, Lynch. What did we learn this weekend in the NFL? I'm going to start with a saying my dad used to always say, and I never really understood it as a kid. But in the NFL, we're seeing the wheat separated from the chaff. I mean, the good teams are good. They're clearly better than the bad teams. And I don't want to get too much into the psychology of gambling, but part of what we do on this process is trying to read the spot, how the athletes are handling coming off a bye, going into a bye, injuries. I feel like in college football, it's easy, right? They're college kids. But in the NFL, man, it's tough. And I went with a bunch of rookie quarterbacks yesterday, Fitz Magic, and I learned, listen, at this stage in the game, the public is dominating Vegas three straight weeks. And I learned, and I know this is going to sound bad, I don't want to deviate too far from my process, which I actually liked this weekend, but I've got to stop taking bad teams and bad quarterbacks now that we're halfway through the season. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I want to stop real quick and talk about spots because I I do appreciate where you're coming from. And I think that in a weird way, in certain spots, looking at spots makes sense. But there's so much that we don't know. Let's take the Browns this week, right? They had their best practice of the season, as our own Jay Glazer reported, which I believe. I believe that, you know, they probably did. They were probably disciplined. They were locked in. But I don't know how that's going to manifest on Sunday because there's so many other variables. So for me, this is why I always look at things like DVOA and some of these catch-all numbers. And some people question me on that. They say, why aren't you looking at more granular data? Because the deeper you get into the data, the easier it is to convince yourself of something that might not be true. And the more you are looking at individual factors that might be completely outweighed by much bigger considerations. And to me, numbers like Football Outsiders DVOA do a great job of capturing that entire picture. So 
I do think there are certain spots. I, you know, I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about the Ravens having played multiple road games in mm. a row. That's a really interesting factor and a spot that you really need to consider. But for me, more often than not, it is about the bigger picture and then a very few very specific things. Like I keep coming back to offensive and defensive line play. I am a big proponent of being a little pass heavy in terms of offensive balance in the NFL in 2018. Those kinds of spots really matter to me, but I like to take a more macro view of things. Let me push back a little, Lynch, on the spot of the Browns, right? So 20 minutes into Sunday, I knew I was cooked on Jets, Browns, and uh, Buccaneers. I mean, Fitzpatrick throws an interception, and from there it was Panthers. Next thing you know, 35-7 in a heartbeat. But in that Browns game, they had two cornerbacks get injured in the first half. They're starting two cornerbacks. Denzel Ward, the rookie, leaves the game, and then uh, Gaines has, gets a concussion. What proceeds to happen? The MVP leader, Pat Mahomes, look at this, completed passes to six different players that were 20 yards or more. So beat up secondary, gets absolutely shredded. Now, are things different if Gaines and Ward are not injured? I don't know. Maybe you would say probably not. I would probably argue, listen, they looked bad yesterday. I'll say this. If the head coach had not started going for two in the first half to chase points early and they kick extra points, they're a back they're one late touchdown away from a backdoor cover. Now again, it didn't happen. It wasn't close. It was a bad pick by me, but I I actually thought the spot was okay. Now I'll say this. I ain't picking the Browns no more. I'm done. Baker Mayfield missed a lot of easy passes in that game against a bad defense. But that's a mistake, right? That like, was a mistake. No, no, no. I'm not, I mean, Baker, yes. But also, like, don't just say, like, be wary of the Browns. And I know you're, you know, you're exaggerating a little bit. No, because, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> but, so, you know, that Baker train might come by and you notice that it's going where you want it to go and you decide to jump on. It's and, you leaving know, the station without me. I'm that's sorry. fine. You can jump on <laughs> down the track. I just... I get why you want to be wary of certain things. And, you know, a scalded dog doesn't go back into the kitchen. But, you know, just keep an eye on that. There's going to be, I can't believe I'm saying this, there's probably going to be a spot later this season where the Browns are plus value. So, you know, it's tough to completely rule out a team. Okay, well, let's wrap up on this real quick, Lynch. So you have some great numbers here about the public versus the perceived wise guys or sharps or whatever you want to call them. And, you know, they took a bath this weekend for the third week in a row. Remember earlier in the season on the podcast, I would talk about the Pick'em League and how if you took the teams getting over 70%, you're losing, you know? Uh, you know, th that those teams, you know, the public was getting murdered. Now they've made a rally and they're cleaning up. Do you, and again, this is trying to get into the psychology and it's not as numbers heavy as you'd like, but at what point does that cycle flip back? Because we know it will. I think you're starting to see it a little bit Look, going into week 10 when you look at, and we're going to talk about this, when you look at the Chiefs being opening as 18.5-point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals, that's Vegas loading up on the fact that the NFL in 2018 is kind of like Madden. You know, it's all about offense. It's about decision-making at the line. It's about coaching staffs, you know, outdoing other coaching staffs. Um, and that's where the game is. Defense matters a little less. The top five teams in DVOA coming into week nine, we'll get the week 10 numbers on Tuesday, but coming into week nine, we're all offense heavy with pretty poor defenses, honestly. It is an offense first league, um, and yeah. the good teams are significantly better, not only than just the bad teams, but the average teams. I love how you mention a game where a spot matters, because guess who the Chiefs play after the Arizona Cardinals? 
the Rams on the Monday Night Football Game of the Century. And we'll get into that later, obviously Thursday in detail. But I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. The spot says Cardinals. I'll tell you now, my money is not going on the Cardinals this weekend. On to hashtag put up or shut up. Boys and girls, you got to get those bets in until Thursday. You know the drill by this time. You pick the game using hashtag put up or shut up. You can't lose money. You can only win money. I mean, I don't know how much easier we can make it for you. I am going to add this. You can now add top 25 college basketball games. Season begins this week. Huge Duke-Kentucky game Tuesday. Can't wait for that. Uh, But you can throw top 25 college football, NBA, or NFL. We're really spreading it out just because I love gambling and I like interacting with you folks. However... I don't like losing money as I did this weekend. Oh boy, what a bad decision. I had the Browns against the Chiefs, and that's that's just on me. We just discussed that game. That's a loss. I will be shelling out $10 to my man-man, Zazu the Wise. Congratulations, Zazu. So just remember, hashtag put up or shut up. Get them in before Thursday's podcast. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Time for what were you thinking, Mr. Andrew Lynch? And, uh, you know, you were thinking well this week, uh, clearly. Uh, Where should we start? Should we start with the money line? Should we start with the Tampa Bay debacle? Let's start there since I took an L. What was I thinking taking Tampa Bay? See, and this is where I get in my own head and screw things up. Remember last week, I loved Tampa Bay against the Bengals. I thought that was a great spot. Spot, spot, spot. And, um, you know, Jameis Winston was terrible. Fitzmagic came in, got the cover. I missed out on that game. So I jumped on him a week late in Carolina. Within minutes, it was 35-7 at the half. Now, they made it interesting if you watched any of that game. I was in Florida with family, and I did get to watch that game. They had a chance in the fourth quarter but couldn't come through. The Panthers are a juggernaut, and I uh, I bet against them twice in a row. A guy hit me up on Twitter today. Are you going to talk on the podcast about how wrong you've been about Carolina? Yes, I've been wrong about Carolina. Are you happy now? Yeah, I think this this Panthers team is legit. North Turner is making me very happy. Just as someone who is watching these games, I love when teams get creative. I love when teams use misdirection as one of their biggest weapons. The Panthers aren't really taking many shots downfield, but they are putting together some incredible drives by just doing things like, like when they were in the red zone this weekend, they did a fake handoff to both Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore in the backfield, then hit McCaffrey on a screen. And oh, by the way, he was coming out of the fullback position. DJ Moore was at the halfback position. Right after that, they run an end around to DJ Moore and then a shovel pass to McCaffrey. McCaffrey scores on, a, I believe, a counter on the next play. The Bucks, who are already an awful defense, had no idea what Carolina was doing. When you have offensive weapons around Cam Newton and you are using them creatively... Woo, you've got a stew going there. Now, that's an old-school guy, North Turner, who's been around for a while, and he's doing creative things. Andy Reid doing much of the same. It's not only the young guys. Uh, note to Jets fans, Todd Bowles ain't doing anything like that. Jeremy Bates, certainly not either. Let's move on to the next one. What were you thinking, Lynch? Packers, Patriots. Actually, we were both thinking correctly. We, we had the Patriots down. Listen, this was close, right? 17 all to start the fourth quarter. Packers driving, of course, then Jones fumbles, and that flipped the game. I mean, Green Bay could never recover. I'm just going to ask you, uh, Mike McCarthy got to worry about his job here. 
Mike McCarthy come a week after the Super Bowl at the latest will not be the coach of the Green wow. Bay Packers. Are the Packers making the playoffs here? Ooh, uh, I'd have to see the odds on that one. I, you know, that, that's going to be interesting because the schedule not favorable. Now, I know that's two straight tough weeks in a row for them. Patriots, listen, no uh, no Rob Gronkowski, no Sony Michelle. Uh, they still look pretty good. I'm going to say this. It's not going to be popular. I didn't think Tom Brady looked sharp last night. Did you see anything out of the ordinary? This is one of the highest rated games in week nine and I believe over a dozen years in the NFL. I thought the Packers did a pretty good job of mixing up their coverages and making Brady make some tough decisions. But, I mean, we saw peak Brady in the fourth quarter there. And, of course, I also had the – we gave away Patriots minus five and a half yes. uh, in good bet, bad bet last week. I also had the Packers plus 200 on the money line. And I got to say, going into that fourth quarter, before that fumble, I was feeling pretty good about that. So I thought, you know, we had a pretty good read on that game. Incredible game. So much fun. I think you saw every facet of football there. It was just a chess match. And I love seeing that on the field. You know, I want to add one. One other thing to the handicapping that I missed in this game, and I should have taken him in the Super Contest, Mike Pettin, the Packers defensive coordinator, had a lot of years with the New York Jets and Rex Ryan, knows Brady and Belichick well, and he really bottled them up for three quarters until you know Josh McDaniels dipped into the bag and started with some trickeration. But again, handicapping takes in everything, and, and something like a defensive coordinator having intimate knowledge of the opposing quarterback and coach, I've got to factor that in. Finally, what were you thinking, Rams and Saints? We both were on the Rams here. Any thoughts, Lynch, on, on the Rams? Are you kind of off their train? Now they, they've struggled covering for sure. They don't look like a juggernaut. This team, they, they look like they need a bye week at this point. They just look tired. I'll buy that. I think they probably need a bye week. I am not off the Rams bandwagon. In fact, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I don't want to tip my hand too much. Um, but yeah, what a fantastic offensive game. Uh, this was just em so emblematic of where we are in the league right now. Took the loss, but I wasn't too mad about it because it was just fun football. I, I will add this. Uh, Marcus Peters. I tweeted huh. out a video of Marcus Peters in the locker room afterward. Hey, he owned up to it. He wasn't good. He used the S word half a dozen times to talk about his performance. It's, it's a great video. You've got to see it. He owned up to everything. Thing is, Michael Thomas torched him. Now, I'll add this. Tlaib is maybe coming back around week 13. In the rematch, they'll have Tlaib on Thomas. Tlaib's a much better corner at this stage than Peters. I, I, I got to say, I'm not off the Rams, but listen, their defense has now been shredded. But again, two of the best quarterbacks in the league. But I think they're going to have some problems with Pat Mahomes in Kansas City in a few weeks. Finally, Lynch, our money line picks. I hit the Steelers. Uh, that was really a no-doubter, right? I mean, they never were in jeopardy. Ben, ben Roethlisberger went down briefly with the injury. Uh, but otherwise, Steelers were a clear side there. The Baltimore Ravens are a flaming dumpster fire. What an embarrassment. I mean, the injuries are mounting for them. John Harbaugh's job uh, maybe in jeopardy here in the coming weeks. They're not a bet on team at this point. Yet you're wearing kind of a Ravens-esque shirt. I know our, our <laughs> listeners can't see it, so I, I don't know if I buy that you're completely out on them. But yeah, Joe Flacco, probably not elite. Probably not. Hey, listen, Lamar Jackson, I would just give him a shot, right? Absolutely. They, they can't do anything right now. Again, that offensive line's really beat up. So our picks, nah, mine were not great, obviously. Lynch did well. This is a good time for me to mention quickly my college football slate. Finally, finally, I had a 5-0. and oh. I, I don't want to talk about it too much because it just means I'll go 1-4 and four next week. But, Producer Conrad, I think 
for the last three weeks, I'm 16 and four or something along those lines. That would be correct. You are 16 and four over these last three weeks. And if you listen to the podcast, Conrad gave out Georgia against Kentucky. That was a no-doubter. So if you added that, you went 6-0. and Producer Conrad, can you uh, tell me why you took LSU in the game against Alabama? I immediately regretted it after the first possession. Even though Alabama didn't score, I thought LSU at home, Death Valley, Ed Orgeron's walk into the stadium almost made me want to double down my bet on LSU because he looked so intense at the end of the day. Alabama should not even be playing against Division One opponents. They're so good. It was good. <laughs> I believe it. But it was, it was no Vince Lombardi speech. Or nothing, but I just challenged him. Let's move ahead to watch these lines. We're already looking ahead to Week 10. Some significant line moves already. Uh, money pouring in. Listen, the books are making rapid adjustments. Let's get started. Bengals hosting the Saints. Now, before I give you the line, let me just set it up with this. The Saints have now played two really, really tough games in a row, right? Uh, the big rematch with the Vikings, which they were victorious in, and the game against the Rams. This is a spot game, Lynch. Let's play a little word association. Saints favored by four, I believe, at the time we're recording this podcast, in Cincinnati, which likely will be without A.J. Green Give me a word. Money, please. <laughs> Give me the money. Give me the Saints as the favorites. I understand where you're coming from with the spot, but to me, what that would really mean is, did the Saints suffer any major injuries over the past couple of weeks? Generally pretty healthy. Davenport, uh, the defensive end. Guys are banged up. It's right. you know, it's week 10 of the NFL season, but generally pretty healthy. And are they so emotionally spent that they won't get up for this game? I generally, personally, don't buy that argument. I think these guys are professionals. I think this is what they do. I think some guys might have a letdown. I think other guys are probably like, you know what? We had two tough games. Let's go. Let's get up for this one. Yeah. So give me the Saints here. Opened four and a half, five at some places. It's coming down to four. I mean, if it comes down to three so and a half, so I So there's am... money coming in on the Bengals. And, and I'll just add... Outdoors November, okay? Uh, weather could be a factor. Bengals coming off a bye. Now, obviously, A.J. Green makes a huge difference here. He is by far their best playmaker. Bengals can run the ball, but uh, let's see if they can run against a number one run defense in the league, which held Todd Gurley under 70 yards. I, I got a crazy stat on Michael Thomas of this of the Saints. Don't anybody tell me Odell Beckham is a better receiver than Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, 79 targets... 71 catches. That's absurd. He is unguardable right now. And the Bengals secondary, we know, is not very good. I I, I can't believe I'm actually advocating Bengals here. But again, it's early in the week, ladies and gentlemen. It's early. All right, let's move on to the next one, Lynch. Seahawks, fresh off that tough loss to the Chargers. They gave up 7.5 yards per play to the Chargers. Did not, however, allow a touchdown in the second half. They visit the Rams... Rams, also a team coming off two grueling games. We know the comeback they made against the Packers. The Saints game took a lot out of them. Rams are 10-point favorites over Russell Wilson. Word Association, Andrew Lynch. Scary, but give me the Rams here. The Rams defense has been shredded the past couple of weeks. But again, this one comes down to we know and we have been saying all season long, Seattle's weak point is its offensive line. I think with all of the talent that the Rams have on the defensive line now after the trade deadline, I really think they're going to get after Russell Wilson. I don't love this line. 10 is a lot, but I think the Rams win pretty comfortably here. So I'm, I've got to take a long, hard look at that line. 
If you play fantasy football, you know that Mr. Carson, the Seattle running back, suffered an injury. That's worth monitoring. If he can't go, are they going to be able to move the football? And, of course, uh, you got the Brian Schottenheimer factor. Um, yikes. My early lean there would be to stay away, but I actually probably side with you here. Ten. Now, these teams know each other pretty well. There's a familiarity here. I remember last year Seattle played them tough on the road. I guess I would lean Rams a little bit, but again, it's early. Uh, I thought we would talk Jets Bills now, nope. but uh, producer Conrad conveniently left that one out. I mean, my gosh, Jets Bills is bad. I do have some Jets Dolphins thoughts I have to get in in a moment, but let's move on to a game that people actually care about. The Atlanta Falcons, fresh off their beatdown of the Redskins, they visit the Cleveland Browns. Remember, we talked about it earlier in the podcast. Two starting cornerbacks for the Browns were hurt against the Chiefs. That ain't going to be good news going up against Ridley, Sanu, Julio. And uh, did you see the story? I had it in the roundup on the big lead today. Jamie Collins of the Browns was so bad against the Chiefs, missing tackles left and right. A columnist went up and actually asked him, like, are you trying? Like, it was a bad game for Jamie Collins. Remember, he got paid. Former Patriots linebacker. He's just whiffing on tackles all over the place. Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey. Of course, I watched that game in depth because I friggin' had the Browns. All right, let me let me take a deep breath here. Falcons are favored by, I believe, four Andrew Lynch Word Association. Easy money. I, honestly, give me the Falcons here. It opened at three and a half. It's four now. This probably ticks up over five. I loved the Browns this year in a weird way. It's like the it's like the little brother that you want to cheer for, but for whatever reason, just can't stop getting in trouble. I I really want this Browns team to succeed, and I think the defense is great. I think the Falcons' offense is rounding into form. Falcons' defense, not any good, but I don't think that matters against this Browns team. Yeah. Uh, Falcons' defense getting better, right? Grady Jarrett helped them in the middle, stop the run. I would actually lean Falcons here. I do want to note, though, Let's check the weather in Cleveland. Uh, if it's a snowstorm, now I know Cleveland uh, struggled stopping Kareem Hunt on the ground. Falcons' Tevin Coleman had a monster game against a really good run D. But again, that's something you're going to want to check the weather and, of course, the Browns' cornerback situation. And finally, in a game where, oh boy, I, I don't even know how to set this up, but Josh Rosen and the Arizona Cardinals visit Kansas City it looks like it's the highest line of the season. Currently, Lynch, and you've got the updated odds, I think the Chiefs are favored by 17 at home against the Cardinals. Now, if memory serves, the Vikings were favored by 17 or 17 and a half against the Bills. They famously lost that game. They were never in it. A uh, little bit of a different story here for the Chiefs. Let me quickly add, the Arizona Cardinals are off a bye. The Kansas City Chiefs have the Rams in the game of the year in Mexico next Monday. No journalist who talks to the Chiefs players this week is going to mention the Cardinals. It's going to be all about the Rams. Spot, spot, spot. Word association. Andrew Lynch. Spot. I actually think this is this is an interesting spot, actually. I'll, I will give you this. Because the question to me is, does Kansas City, knowing they probably don't have to do a lot to beat this Cardinals team, do they play the offense close to the vest? Do they try to just be very basic, almost mm. like a preseason type package? Don't get anybody hurt. They don't get anybody hurt. Don't show too much of what you might be thinking about doing against the Rams. That is the question to me. All that said, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the Chiefs cruise here. 
I mean, if it weren't for the Buffalo Bills, the Arizona Cardinals would be the worst team in the NFL, and they would be as his, almost as historically bad as Buffalo is. So I've got heading into Week Nine. I've got the best team in DVO. The, the numbers were heading into Week Nine. We don't have the Week Ten numbers right. yet, to be clear. I had the best team in the NFL by DVOA, the Chiefs facing the 31st team in the NFL in the Arizona Cardinals. 17 points is a lot, but I mean, I think the Chiefs win by three touchdowns here. Okay, so do, Lynch, would you entertain a teaser? And who? Would nope. You no, you don't. Uh, nah, come on. Like a, you just no interest in teasing either the Chiefs down or the Cardinals up. And then let me ask you, just for bleeps and giggles. I mean, am I going to see you Thursday and you're going to say, Jay, give me Arizona on the money line? No, no, (laughs) not a chance. I I wonder what the money line is. That money line would literally have to be plus 2,000. But I do, there is a money line bet that I'm really eyeing that I think might surprise people. And we will come in with that on Thursday. I really think you're going to talk about my Jets, uh, Bill. I'm not not going to talk about your Jets. Before Producer Conrad shuts me down, I just want to say this. The Jets have been swept by the Miami Dolphins this year. They have seven turnovers in the two games, but they outgained the Dolphins considerably in both games. Had more first downs by far in both games. It was a brutal loss for my Jets yesterday. Silver lining, of course, they're going to get a top 10 pick. Sorry, producer Conrad. I had to discuss the Jets. They killed me yesterday. I was at a family gathering after the wedding, and I was holding back F-bombs galore on Sam Darnold's worst performance as a rookie. That's all I've got to say about the New York Jets. And as we always wrap up the Monday podcast... We're going to talk about the good, not great Monday night football game between the Tennessee Titans off a bye and the Dallas Cowboys also off a bye. Super low total here, 40, which kind of doesn't lead me to believe this is going to be a good game, but we'll see. Who knows? In the Super Contest, it was six and a half, and I had the Titans penciled in, and then I pulled them out at the last moment. What a brick. And uh, it's currently at four and a half. So money coming in on the Titans, clearly money in on the under Lynch uh, Amari Cooper now in the lineup for Dallas Tennessee a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team your initial thoughts do you have a play on tonight's game I'll probably do a half unit play on Dallas at minus four and a four and a half here I like Dallas to win I I'm pretty confident they will win I'm just not thrilled about the line the two real strengths in this game I think for both teams are the Dallas running game, particularly that offensive line, which is a top three unit in run blocking so far this year, according to Football Outsiders, and the Cowboys' defensive front seven. They are shutting down opposing running games, and the Titans' pass offense just isn't nearly explosive enough to open up the game for the Titans' offense. So I think Dallas wins kind of a ball control game here. I'm not expecting much from Amari Cooper. Um, Dak might continue to struggle but I do like the Cowboys here. Not super confident, so I'm not going to go with a full unit play here. But I, I like the da- I like Dallas's ability to control the game in the trenches. That's kind of what it feels like. I uh, I may sidestep this game as weak as that sounds. Like not to have an action play, mostly because I <laughs> I have Ezekiel Elliott and Corey Davis in fantasy, and I need them to combine for 31 points. So obviously I'm rooting for them above all, and I don't want to get stuck on a side. I do wonder though. If there's going to be in-game value on the Titans. And here's why. Coming off a bye, they know if they lose this, you can forget about the playoffs after making the playoffs last year. And we know Dallas has been a monster at home. 
I actually think there's pressure on Jason Garrett. Would you agree? Like, the, this is a coach who's in trouble here. So this feels like a kitchen sink game with a week to prepare. Jason Garrett. But, again, everything I've seen from Jason Garrett in his career has been failure. I'm sorry. I don't think he's a good coach. No, I would agree. And, honestly, when when the whole World Series thing happened and it was kind of a, a kerfuffle about that, what – all scared me more was when Jerry Jones said, no, it's fine. It's like, if Jerry Jones has your back, that's when I'm worried. Wait, what was the World Series thing I missed? Uh, Jason Garrett went to a World Series game on a Cowboys off day. And oh, people- my goodness. <laughs> Jeez, I, how do I factor that into the handicapping? Um, wow, interesting. Listen, I guess if I had to make a play, I would wait to get maybe the Titans a little higher because I missed uh, the six and a half. So if the Cowboys come out and score seven – and the line in-game bubbles up to, I don't know, a touchdown. What would it go up? It's at four and a half. I would lean at that point to the Tennessee Titans. I just think Marcus Mariota, I'm a believer, and I, I just don't buy Dallas. But for Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. Listen, be careful taking my advice at this point. Listen to Lynch. He's all over it. We will be back on Thursday. You know, we may talk a little college basketball if you're interested on Thursday's podcast. Let us know on Twitter. Hit us on Instagram. Get in those hashtag put up or shut up games. We'll talk to you Thursday.